welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. If you've been listening to the last couple show episodes, you know it's been heavy. You know we went into a really dark place and we're coming back into the light. We know our path. We have a sense of direction. The fog, that deep, dense fog is being lifted. So now it's time to step into the momentum because we've been tired and that's okay. Actually, that's great. I want you to be tired. I want you to be tired of waking up every day like the last, walking around like a zombie, tired of being tired. That's going to be the pure catalyst that starts to get you to change, that you're just sick of it. So it's time. And I love that power. There is power in progress and having enough, hitting that limit and standing back up. You're there, especially if you've went through the last couple episodes You've, you've been to some places, right? You had to revisit some, some rough patches and rough seasons of your life. So let's start stepping into the momentum. I want to talk about something that's really adhering us. And in the last couple of workshops, I've been traveling all around doing national speaking, in-person workshops. I've been doing a few virtual coachings, but basically I've been traveling around in big groups doing workshops and conference speeches on some of my new topics and building resiliency for the last year and a half has been the hottest workshop and keynote speech just talking about burnout breaking it down let's talk about it but now now it's time to change so my two newest workshops the first one what you know about burnout is dead wrong where we start digging into why are we still missing passion and purpose and energy why are objectives and company goals and and just our workload in general just so misaligned That's a hot workshop, and it's so exciting to see all the action plans, both individually and team-wise, that come out of that. The other workshop that I've been doing at conferences and breakout sessions has been, why aren't we moving forward? Why are we stuck? Why is this wheel still spinning in the mud? We're changing things. We're doing things different, and yet we can't change. It's another hot workshop that I've been traveling around, moving the communities one step at a time away from zombie mode and back to energy. But there's a common theme that I've been seeing across these workshops and conferences and and follow-up emails afterwards is time. And we're not going to talk about time management this show. Certainly, you know I love talking about time management. We have one other episode already on it. It's all over my newsletter. If you've been in my workshops, we tap on that. But there is a misuse of time as if it's guaranteed and unlimited. And what's interesting is when I start to reduce that time, people start focusing their efforts, their actions, where there's value, where there's re-energy, with purpose. But we think it's unlimited, so then we fill the space. I'll just do that tomorrow. I'll do that another day. I'll try that next year. I quit. I'll do it another time. And it's interesting, when we start talking about time as a group, there's one time sucker, one addiction that everyone can agree on. Certainly alcohol, drugs, gossiping, 
other unhealthy behaviors pop up, but the one that I get the most nods from, the one where everyone goes, oh, is screen use. Excessive screen use. And it's interesting when you start digging into excessive screen use and time, not only is it sucking up time and time disappears, but the destruction that it can cause on our mind, body, and soul. The addiction routines and habits that start embedding in our brain, creating new pipelines that are going to be very hard to break in the future. You start recognizing how dangerous this can be. So let me put this in perspective. Let me read you the description of addiction. You cannot control your use and may continue despite the harm it will bring yourself or others. You feel that? That is the description of addiction. We associate addiction with drugs, alcohol, promiscuous sex, and other unhealthy habits, but we don't see screen time as unhealthy habits. Have you been to a restaurant lately? Friends will sit there on their phones right in front of each other, destructing the very much relationships that they have, the community time that they have with each other, the tribal energy they could be exchanging, destructive. It's destroyed. It's not being exchanged. You see couples doing that as well. And you're wondering, wow, if something happened to one of them tomorrow, that will be one of their biggest regrets in the last 24 hours. Destructive. But we can't help ourselves because it's this addiction, right? And the brain seeks easy. It seeks, it seeks these fast patterns. So getting little kicks of dopamine, that happy hormone from scrolling, from reading quick articles, from doing quick snapshots or getting through email quick, it gives us a sense of satisfaction. It gives us a little bit of that happy hormone. But the problem is, is it's a little bit and it's way too often. So we're actually over zapping our dopamine receptors in our brain. So we're feeling exhausted. And then when we do things we actually love, the brain doesn't care as much. They're misfiring this dopamine. Your body has a natural rhythm. It has a natural chemical release of dopamine when you do certain events. But if you're zapping those receptors, they're burnt out. So then the only thing that you feel like is going to satisfy you is more scrolling, more Netflix, more binge watching. I know that when I started this, and it was by default, if you've been to my workshops, you've heard me say it, I lost my Netflix. And not because I didn't pay my bill, it's because I was borrowing a password from someone and they changed their password. And I didn't want to reach out to them and get a new password. And so I lost Netflix last fall. And the amount of time I got back was ridiculous. I did not know that was a problem. I'm a busy mom, working mom of three, right? I don't have time. And when I do have time, I'm doing laundry or prepping backpacks or working on school projects with them. So the fact that when Netflix was canceled, I still saw time appeared means that I came up with excuses subconsciously saying I don't have time when truly I did. Now I read or I write, or I do a word search. I have some naughty word searches because regular word searches are boring to me. So I do naughty word searches. Um, there's Sudoku, there's puzzles, there's coloring. I'm still trying to figure out my hobbies, but what are you making excuses for to have that screen time? I just wanted to take a good amount of time to just describe this because 
This is an icky thing. This is something in the workshops that people want to literally avoid me. I will ask them how much time they spend a week and they can't tell me. It's so much. I ask them per day how much and they can't tell me. The average person will look at their phone 144 times a day. I know when I was in my burnout, I would look at my phone and be looking at things on my work email, on my phone, in front of my work computer with my work email up. There was no purpose in that. But my brain wanted to check out. It wanted that immediate dopamine hit that's much more simple than thinking and dealing with work right now. Right? If you think of some difficult... If you think of when you had to deal with something difficult or had a difficult day, do you feel like you go to your phone? You go to binge watch TV just a little too fast? Although it's good to relax sometimes, that's moderation. We do it excessively and you're not releasing any stress cycles. So let's get into the actual action, right? We know we got problems. We know we got addictions. So the first step, just like any other addiction, is being aware of it, recognizing it, screaming it from the rooftops that you are a screen addict. Recognize that you have an addiction, right? The second thing I want you to do is recognize your triggers. Is it when something hard happens? Is it when you have to deal with people and emotional feelings or your feelings? Is it when you're bored? Is it when you don't know what to do because you don't know who you are? What's the triggers of when you use your phone? And then I want you to start replacing the response. Instead of grabbing your phone, you're going to do something else. And here's how we're going to do it. Here's five tips to reduce smartphone use, TV use, that binge watching, and stop being a zombie. Stop acting dead and get back to life. So the first tip is set some goals. How do you know where you're going if you don't set where the direction you want to go? If, say, I have a problem with Netflix... My goal is going to be different than someone who's on their their phone all the time. Or if I'm on my phone all the time, but I love to shop, mine's going to be different than someone who loves to be on their phone on social media. What goals do you want to set? And if don't make them too big. We already know that we quit easily, right? We're tired. We don't have a lot of energy. So what kind of goals can you set per day, per week? These daily actions will add up to a very large goal. So I don't want you to say, I'm going to only do one hour of phone time a day and you're on your phone all day. That's unrealistic. Let's just, let's just put it out there. That's unrealistic. Maybe it's, I don't go on my phone during lunch. I take that space. Maybe it's, I don't use my phone after 8.30 p.m. What type of goals do you want to set they're going to start to magnify as you start to get that energy and space back. So that's number one. Set some goals. I want you to share these goals. Uh, share them with your partner, your plants, your pets, your friends. If you have no one, I want you to email me. Go on my website. It's in the show links. You email me and you say, Kelly, I, have, I don't have any social circle. I don't have any support. And I really want to do this. My goal is this. Hold me accountable. You got it. I'm going to email you at the end of the week and you're probably going to regret it because I'm going to be all over you because I've seen the power of reducing the screen time and what it can do to your life, to your energy, to your mind, body, and soul. So the first tip is set some goals. Tell the world. 
The second is identify those triggers. So why do you use your phone? Is it because it's what I do every night? Is it because it's what I do at lunch? Is it because I'm stressed out because my boss yelled at me because that person in accounting is asking for the same report that they always do that I mess up or they mess up? Identify the triggers that are happening that cause you to pick up your phone, to cause you to binge watch, to go into this excessive screen use that you can't control. And then instead of trying to change the triggers right now, because you're tired, because we're just trying to get back to energy, I want you to just change the response. What else could you do? You're bored. You're triggered by that accounting lady. It's seven o'clock at night. What's something else you can do? What's a different activity that you can do? Change the response to the trigger. We'll work on the triggers later. The third tip is create boundaries. The easiest way I found is out of sight, out of mind. Remove the apps. I would be on TikTok and man, does that algorithm just feed you exactly what you need. And I follow very intellectual people and spiritual people and homesteading and gardening. So you can just imagine the black holes that I get stuck in. And 15 minutes can turn into an hour and a half real easy at the end of the night. And the next morning I am drained. I have reduced screens almost to eliminating. So when I do use them, man, do I feel the effects. It's almost like I've been clean and then I introduce that toxin again and you feel awful. You realize what it really does to you. So how can you create boundaries if you can't stop using TikTok at night? If you can't stop using um, all the rest of the social media or that game app that you're always on or shopping, take it off your phone. I took TikTok off my phone, but I still run it occasionally for my business. And I go on it maybe twice a week, out of sight, out of mind. It's on my desktop or I have to search the internet and sign in. My brain does not like extra steps. Your brain and my brain are the same. Make extra steps and it won't want to do it. Make it hard to sign in. Make it hard to just click something open and it won't want to do it. It says, oh, that seems like a lot more steps than I thought. Let's go do something else. So now I don't have this urge anymore to get on TikTok. Now, certainly my muscle memory wanted to do something with my thumbs. I even opened my calculator a bunch of times and just like fussed around with the, cu- the calculator because I was so used to a trigger and that muscle movement action. But eventually, probably two days that died out. And now I just go on TikTok. I actually had to remind myself to go on TikTok to engage for my business. What kind of boundaries can you create? What kind of apps can you remove to make this doable? If I told you you had till the end of the year to live, you would do things differently. Start. Start living your life. Stop living through screens. So then the third one is create boundaries, remove apps. Do what you got to do to get that going. Number four is turn off notifications. I see people with Apple watches. That's great, convenient, except you can be talking to them and suddenly they're distracted. We can be in meetings, suddenly they're distracted. They can be working on something really attentively and then they're distracted. Their watches are beeping. Phones are beeping. Phones are blinking. Beep, bop, boop, boop. All around us, there's this extra stimulation when our brain just wants to focus and it takes so many calories and and energy just to focus on a task because this brain doesn't want to think. It wants to be an efficient beast. 
in and out, in and out with things. So when you actually get to the thinking part of your brain, used all those calories, you used all that energy to got it to, you got it to focus. Now you're distracting it with notifications, beeps, bloops, lights on, badges, everything you can think of. Screen notifications on your computer, screen notifications on your phone, on your watch, even on your TV now, or these speakers in your house, Alexa, Google Home. Turn off notifications. There's even apps that you can set that have certain hour limitations. So you can receive notifications during certain hours of the day, but not others. What notifications do you actually need? We don't need notifications of work email on our phone when we're at work, we're in front of the computer. Why do we have those on? What type of distractions can you decrease so that we can focus on efforts, things off our to-do list, priorities, and taking back control of our day? The moment a notification comes in, you shift your priority to a response. You give away your control of the day. We wonder why we're in survivorship mode and we give away our control all day long. Turn off notifications. That will also reduce some screen use. And number five is replace phone time with actual activities. I'm an elder millennial, so I know a time when smartphones weren't a thing. I know a time when cell phones weren't even a thing. I got a flip phone like the end of my high school time, and it was came part of your cell plan, and you there was no texting. We hardly even used it. And then, man, did that escalate quickly from flip phones to texting as part of your plan to unlimited texting to smartphones, and then after smartphones came out, that was it. It's basically a personal computer we carry around with us all day long. When I say in workshops, what would you do if I took away all your phones? What would you do this weekend? It surprises me every workshop that I ask that, how many people don't know what to do with themselves. We have slowly lost our identity to screen time. We want to move from zombie mode back to liveliness, but we choose to live as zombies. And part, again, about moving out of zombie mode is stop acting dead. Let's start doing activities. Activities don't have to be fast-paced or physical. They can just be the hobbies I mentioned before, painting, gardening, yoga, stretching, staring at a wall. You can even do house projects. Turn the music on. Dance. If you have any children at all, maybe pay attention to them because they are watching you. They are becoming you. And of course, all us parents want our kids to have a better life than we did. What are we teaching them? I'll tell you that when my Netflix went away and the kids were upset at first, and then suddenly we stopped watching TV at night and we were outside later at night. Or you would put our headlamps on and run around outside at night. And suddenly all our activities started changing because of that new gap of time that was available. And they didn't miss a beat. If anything, there was more laughs, heavier sleep, happy people. What type of activities would you replace that phone time with, that screen time with, that binge watching with? Again, you can still do those things, just do it in moderation. But first, we have to overcome the addiction. I hope that these five tips to reduce smartphone use, TV use, binge watching, screen time, 
will assist you in regaining energy. Use the tips of setting goals, identifying your triggers, creating boundaries and removing some apps, turning off notifications, and replacing that screen time with actual activities will aid you this year, bring you back to life. So at the end of the days, you don't have regret. You don't think to yourself, I wish I did less of that. You say, I lived. I know you're not lazy. Most people in burnout are high performers, those serving others before themselves. Don't discount the step today, the step in which you focus on your self-growth. Piecing together the puzzle is half the journey. Rediscovering energy through new actions and habits is the other. Do not underestimate the strength in your actions and the beast to do hard things that lies within you. Check out more burnout resources on my website to move from zombie mode back to liveliness. See you soon.